0: If you woke up this morning, it's a good day if you woke up.
1: Welcome to Travel by Proxy, the show where we leave our house so you don't have to. I'm Andrea. And I'm Aaron. In each episode, we feature a destination anywhere from right in our neighborhood to far off lands. We bring you our experience, some history, and a taste of each destination by sampling something unique to it. So whether you're listening to this in your car, on a train, on a plane, or in Spain... You'll learn about something to add to your bucket list. Or to remove from it. In this week's episode, we explore classic diner food at the Hilo Diner in Minneapolis, Minnesota, taste seasonal craft cocktails, and learn about the history of the Federo Dining Car Company. So sit back
0: and take a journey with us as we talk about the world outside your window.
1: And outside your window as you go down the highway taking your brand new Federo Dining Car as you're about to open up your own own business diners
0: in the country were a giant thing in especially like the 30s and 40s and especially once we hit the 50s when the uh, revolution of the interstate really happened in the country
1: i like how you're just generalizing decades like you're just gonna start adding more and more decades you know in the 60s and in the 70s and the 80s the 90s the odds we're just gonna go ahead and make more diners Well, I mean, they are still making... I don't think they're making a
0: lot of diners currently. They're a lot more custom jobs than they they were back in those uh, like kind of 30s through 50s situation.
1: You know, the thing that I've always wondered is why there wasn't like a Transformer that was a dining car.
0: Uh, I would be willing to bet because the Transformers were created in Japan. And I don't think they understood diner culture in the U.S. when they were creating the Transformers in the 1980s.
1: What would you call that
0: one? Oh, man. That what would I call a dining car that transformed into a robot? I think it would have to be an Autobot because diners are not generally evil places. Um, uh, Cafabot. Cafabot. Ooh, Cafabot. That does sound actually pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. But uh, Piebot. Piebot. I don't. I don't know about Pibot. Pi bot just calculate to the uh, closest <laughs> integer yeah exactly it's a math bot speaking of uh pie and math let's talk about diner food um there is a diner in minneapolis that my husband and i passed by quite frequently called the hilo diner mm-hmm. and it's one of those places that is a first come first serve place it, there are no reservations uh you just show up and you get seated whenever you're they have space for you, and if they're super super busy, then you wait until there's a spot. Exactly, and they do have like the counter style seating where you can sit on one of those whirly gig stools. Mm-hmm. That is the technical name. Um, yep. I'm sure that it is labeled right underneath them. Whirly gig, and it's probably in chrome in a really really
0: like flowy font. It's got
1: to be it. <laughs> <laughs> like no,
0: everything else.
1: Yeah, no. Um, uh, the low Diner is something that actually I really really was looking forward to sharing with Aaron, um, and so I'm excited to actually take him there. Because they do one of my favorite cocktail experiences ever, ice cream cocktails.
0: You know, every time that I go to a place that has an ice cream cocktail, I try to make sure I get to experience that because they're all slightly different and they're all kind of malts. Do you want me to go through what they've got available on their menu right now? Yes. Okay. So the best part also of this is they continually create new names for everything Uh, so
1: and new things too
0: new things so they do have uh they have like the seasonal creations which are different than the standard ice cream cocktails so their standard are there's three there's one called a periscope down the alexander hamilton and the discreet charm of the bougie uh and the discreet charm of the bougie has uh I, a lot of things i cannot pronounce it's a lot of like french liqueurs um try like them slivered almonds i
1: want to hear them
0: okay this is going to be absolutely terrible um averna Amarau, Amar- Am- 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 Amaro, Amaro, my amarrow. there you go um carpano antica sweet vermouth Tempest Fugit Cream de Noyaux, N-O-Y-A-U-X. I'm super terrible with that. And then there's uh, sl- Slivered Almonds and Maraschino Cherries, or Maraschino, as I've heard pronounced recently. Um, <laughs> but everything is also on their website written in this really flowy font that is difficult to read unless you've really zoomed into it. Um, the other thing that they do, though, is the seasonal, um, which they change. Is this every, I think it's every like actual, uh, like solstice season or kind of. We'd
1: have to find out. We'll yeah, ask we'll when, find we visit. Out when we get
0: there. Uh, but currently, what is up on their website is they have the peanut butter chocolate cake with Kool Aid, uh, which is peanut butter and chocolate infused vodka, uh, Genevaire, which is G E N E V E R, yep. mm-hmm. red Kool Aid syrup, lemon, and brownie. Um, just
1: a brownie. Just a
0: brownie. Um, And then they have Palm Sweet Palm, which is cognac, pear, apple, uh, vinegar, aquafaba, lemon, pineapple, amaro, and seltzer. The Punky Brewster, for those of us who grew up in the uh, 80s and early 90s uh, that remember that TV show, Uh, it's brandy, pumpkin spice syrup, vanilla, almond cream, and chai. Uh, And then we have the Gauntlet, which is pineapple, rosemary-infused tequila, lime, chartreuse, ginger, and flowers. Oh my goodness! I really wanted to do the peanut butter chocolate cake, but when I read more about the gauntlet, I think we're gonna I'm gonna grab that when we go there. Yeah. Um, and then the last one they have is the turnip, the beet, and that's turnip, the root vegetable, the beet spelled B E E T, and it is a turnip and beet shrub with parmesan, washed vodka, plus lemon and herbs. And dear goodness, this is a ridiculous... I think you might need to try that, and then we'll just see if we need a, cl- a palate cleanser we, afterwards. We, we
1: might, yeah. My The last time I was here, um, and we're just about to run out the door, but the last time that I was there, the bartender just started randomly mixing a new ice cream drink... Tasted it and decided that they didn't like it, so they just poured it out and like handed it just to, to me at random.
0: It was just, do you want this free thing that I didn't enjoy? Yes, but it's like we're trying new things. Maybe you'll like it. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly, and it was it was okay. It, that, wasn't, that, that's, it wasn't. That's terrible. the most Minnesotan way to put it. <laughs> it oh yeah, okay. you no, know, it was. It was. It just wasn't my favorite. But, it wasn't uh, my favorite. I'm not going to talk bad about it. I'm not going to say anything rude. But it just it just didn't pinch my whistle. Pinch my whistle. That, that isn't a Minnesota phrase, <laughs> but uh, it's going to work for me. Oh, All right, so we're going to go check to out the questions. Hilo Diner, uh, and we'll come back with our take on it in just a little bit. Definitely. So we just got back from the Hilo Diner, and in the spirit of experimentation, I have made a rum and honey cocktail. It so far is delicious. Yeah. Is there anything else special in it? Well, it's clear rum made with honey syrup. What else is in the glass currently? Just Just rum clear rum, and honey syrup. Got it. But well, Because those two are going to taste good together regardless. Absolutely. But in the spirit of experimentation, I thought that we would actually try doing something weird.
0: I <laughs> love trying something weird. So we have something that you've made uh, in the soda stream.
1: Yep, it is grapefruit. Ooh, it's a grapefruit soda. Yeah, we're going to mix grape th- grapefruit with the uh, honey and the rum and see how it all turns out.
0: Let's give this a shot here.
1: Yeah. Let's definitely give it a shot. Hopefully it turns out uh somewhat reasonably okay. Otherwise this is going to be absolutely terrible.
0: You know, I've been uh, I've been hmm. sipping on the the rum and the honey and the grapefruit soda actually cuts it from being yeah. like just super sweet. So it's, you know, it's actually really really delicious.
1: Yeah, it definitely is really delicious. Um I really think that this is probably one of the best <laughs> best sodas. Uh, actually, this is, like this is not a bad thing. It's pink. It's pink grapefruit juice. So like, yeah, it's a
0: it's a super tasty cocktail. Yeah. I'm really happy that we've uh, decided to do this today. Yeah.
1: So, uh, Aaron, yes, we went to the Hilo Diner. We did, and it was beautiful. I oh had my so word! So much fun. Um, m- m- what did you get?
0: Uh, okay, so I got the gauntlet, uh, which is a pineapple-rosemary-infused infuse- tequila with lime, chartreuse, ginger, rosemary sprig in the glass. And it's uh, in a tiki glass that's super, super, super cold. Uh, mm. And it's served over ice. And it's just like the whole thing was just frozen, delicious, like earthy kind of everything.
1: And I got cake with Kool-Aid. Peanut butter chocolate cake with Kool-Aid. Yep. Which- it was it was salty. Mm -hmm. and they ran out of chocolate, so I got- Free
0: Oreos. Yes, you got the free Oreo crumbles to to have with your with your drink, which we kind of shared, um, and that was super. Like, I I loved both of our drinks. I kind of liked mine more.
1: Yeah, I liked yours more too.
0: I was really hoping, and this is this is more of a just kind of like when you try things, it can be a little weird. I was really hoping to have more peanut butter and chocolate flavor, and it mm-hmm. really just kind of tasted like Kool Aid with kind of hints of stuff yeah. in the background.
1: I think I think it's because they use a peanut butter wash. For the liquor. Yeah. Like I really think that, that that probably is something that would have been more present had mm-hmm. it had the chocolate actually in there, like the chocolate yeah, cake
0: served with it. That's true. I, I I do think as far as the cocktail went, um, I was expecting something more like a blended
1: cocktail mm-hmm. rather
0: than like just a like fully liquid cocktail with ice in a glass that looked like red Kool-Aid.
1: Yeah, it actually like it, it tasted like a sour Jolly Rancher. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not going to knock that because I enjoy, I enjoy me some Sour Jolly Ranchers.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely an interesting flavor. You know, some people, maybe it's not their thing. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. I didn't really want to order one later, uh, but I did enjoy the, the tasting that I had. I want to talk though about the food.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. The high tops. Really, when you, when you got to talk about a diner, mm-hmm. you have to talk about their food. Oh, yeah.
0: You can't, you just don't go to a diner and have cocktails that's very rare that they have cocktails at diners to begin with
1: normally it's a warm beer
0: it's it's warm beer and it's probably like you know shills or something you mean shells shells no
1: shells is actually a really good brewery i'm sorry i was trying to say schlitz yeah you were trying to say schlitz but that's because you don't drink beer so i forget about these things yeah um okay so what uh what
0: i had uh, well, first we had the top potato fries, right? Yeah, we did. So we had the top potato fries, which uh, it was like almost it was like bacon with top potato uh, on top of fries. It kind of felt like a poutine without the cheese curds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was just like they were tasty i think we have photos uh i don't i didn't take photos when we got it so there's photos after we started eating
1: there 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 are um devouring photos yeah
0: it's it was more like we got because we'd we'd been out for like a day of things uh you know we in, had had in whiskey addition.
1: beforehand we, we had
0: had whiskey beforehand um, but then I had what's called the Notorious P.I.G., which is mm-hmm. one of their high tops. And the high top is on top of the like it's pastry dough. It's basically just a big donut without a hole in it, um, but it's not overly sweet. And then on top of that was like barbecue sauce, pulled pork and a fried egg. And I think we had some like onion strings uh, on there as yeah, well. Yeah, you
1: got onion strings on yours. Oh, yeah, I did. Um, I had the Minneapolis Bliss. Which is apple, sea salt, caramel, whipped cream, and uh, candied pecans. Mm-hmm. Or pecans if it's in a pie. Yes. Because they're pecans if they're outside of a pie. Yeah, in but general. But if it's just in a pie, they're pecans. <laughs> and I defy you to tell me anything otherwise.
0: A lot of people from the South would be really upset to hear that.
1: <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so basically, we should actually t- say what a high top is.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, it's really, it's just. The, it's the pastry dough yeah. with something on top that it is it, either sweet or savory. It doesn't matter. Uh,
1: it was uh, it was described as a donut without the hole in it.
0: Yes, which is literally how I described it two and a half minutes ago.
1: Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah.
0: We pay attention to each other while we're talking.
1: Well, I was I to be fair, I was actually looking up the menu because I wanted to make sure I had the exact ingredients in That's the okay. May- Minneapolis. Bliss. Um <laughs> I was preparing for our show, Aaron. I'm sorry that you were preparing
0: and not listening to me jabber on about everything.
1: Well, I apologize, Aaron. <laughs> um, well,
0: now, now that we've gotten that out of the way. Yes,
1: now that we've gotten that out of the way. Uh basically, we followed uh our carb our carb donation or carb donation, carb donation to our bellies. <laughs> That's how it's gonna be for, for uh for drinking food from now on. It's I just a carb on... donation to your belly. <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. We make, make a, a carb, carb donation. donation to your belly. <laughs> um, so after our carb donation to our bellies of top potato, uh basically, you know, bacon fries, mm-hmm. um, we had those delicious uh scrumptious, like, uh, cakey um, food, like, breakfasty, mm-hmm. uh, you know, high tops. Yeah. Then we split a shake. Oh, yeah. I actually almost forgot about the shake. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what the shake was called? I have no idea. I you, honestly don't. You, you don't remember what the shake was called? You didn't write it down, Aaron? That we oh, shared. yeah. It was the discrete charm of the bougie
0: wasn't it oh the discreet this discreet charm of the bougie I, re- I remember laughing about that and then now i'm just like so past because we
1: oh yeah it definitely was it was the discreet charm of the bougie <laughs> yeah
0: every sunday shake anything that has like alcohol or not just blended milk mm-hmm. with ice cream you have to have a maraschino cherry
1: yeah it's required exactly so uh, yeah, we had a very 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 good shake and we split it, and it was um, it was very 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 tasty. I will order many 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 more of those mm-hmm. in my future. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'll probably have one tomorrow night when we go to Can Can Wonderland. Absolutely,
0: one of my favorite places because I'm getting married there.
1: <laughs> Aww.
0: It's gonna be a great day.
1: Yeah, you'll actually—you uh, won't be married by the time this episode comes out. I will not. No, it's uh, no, it's it's still not going to be the end of April because unless that's when that's we happening. don't actually air this episode in order, <laughs> I might just just for the hell of it, like hold this episode so that we talk <laughs> about you getting married and then air it after you get married. As we say,
0: we literally say you're not going to be married, and then
1: it's like, oh, just, just surprise, just surprise, he's actually married. Uh, no, so uh, anyway, they have great food. Yeah, they've they have phenomenal diner food.
0: Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's basic diner fare, which is still done with high quality, but it's also the high tops. I just I can't rave about them enough because uh, the that the, the notorious PIG. First off, the name is hilarious. And second off, it's just delicious. Everything about it makes me really want to just like go back mm-hmm. there now and eat more.
1: Yeah. And it really, it really took a journey to get here. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the thing that the Hilo Diner is actually in is a fodero dining car from the 1950s Mm -hmm. um fodero dining car company is a dining car manufacturer there are a whole bunch of dining car manufacturers and i'll get into those in a little bit when i get into like the history section Mm -hmm. because i did my research
0: you did your research
1: well that's my nerdy part i like doing that aaron just has a lot of really cool stories (laughs) i like to drink and tell stories you really do, and that's why I love having you on this podcast. <laughs> but um, this actually, it actually opened up as the, I'm, I'm taking this from an NPR story, Minnesota Public Radio, so mm-hmm. credit to, uh, I should have actually looked up the author's name, Tracy Mumford uh, from March 29th, 2016. This, the dining car was actually built in the 1950s, uh, and it was opened as the Venus Diner in 1958 in Gibsonia, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, where it actually was open for a very long time, almost like half a century.
0: Did it have the, the name of the old diner attached to that? Because I think we found that in our initial research.
1: Yeah, the, the Venus Diner. Venus Diner, Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I literally just said that. Okay, it's my turn to have not heard what you said. So there we go. We are even 100% now. You could
1: almost say that the pancake flipped. <laughs> that was really bad. That's my one pun for the day. <laughs> the pancake flipped. Uh, anyway... Basically, it lived as the Venus Diner for almost half a century, mm-hmm. and then it closed. You know, because like then businesses close. Businesses sometimes. close. Also, when um when you know roads change, because it actually was on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. You know, state routes kind of change all the time. When it, it ended up actually closing in two thousand nine. Which I mean,
0: it's a bummer. I'm sure we've never gone to the Venus Diner. We've been inside the building that was the mm-hmm. Venus Diner, however. Yeah, And I'm super happy that, you know, while that kind of part of its legacy ended, it was able to make the trek to Minneapolis and become the Hilo.
1: Yeah, so um, it actually made its way up here. It made its way to become the Hilo Diner as we see it today. And um, making its way is kind of the idea behind diners in general. Will you allow me to transition into the history segment, Aaron? Absolutely. Let's jump right into that. We'll jump right into it. Okay. So um, you love food trucks, right? I love food trucks. I just love food. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pull these from... I'm gonna. I'm pulling a lot of this information from the American Diner, which is a great book uh, mm-hmm. by an author whose name is really, really tiny right now because I put my computer very far away from my face. So Aaron... <laughs> Talk for a moment, so I can actually look at it, and I don't feel awkward. Certainly, my favorite things to do at diners are eat food and drink shakes and drink other drinks. Michael Carl Witzel, wonderful. Yeah, the American Diner by Michael Carl Witzel. We'll link it. Well, we won't link the book because the book is a book, but we'll we'll you know call out the book in the actual comments, and you should look at it because there are some really cool pictures in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, diners as a whole uh, kind of came about because of. People's need to eat on the go, right? That was part of the
0: like the interstate system and uh, expansion. Well, with...
1: you'd you'd think that. But uh the actual idea of diners grew out of the eighteen seventies when people were just working. Oh really? Um the, the predecessors to diners were basically like old like rail carts and wagons that mm-hmm. would serve like produce and like snacks and quick eat items because people really couldn't afford to eat out. Gotcha. Right? Mm-hmm and then people started making more money and food started getting a little cheaper to make as we started getting into the like early 19th century um people st- in uh early 20th century well, sorry early 20th century yes thank you thank you Aaron um that's when the quick lunch was born okay the quick lunch was basically a, sort of a larger um a larger kind of uh boxy wagon mm-hmm um, sort of like a, uh, um, old food truck almost. Hmm. Um, you know, it would so it sell like, portable. like, have you ever see, been to like a carnival and seen like one of those old like popcorn trucks oh, or yeah, yeah. You know, like Vienna sausage trucks? It's kind of like a trailer. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. That's, that's kind of what the quick lunch was. Like they would serve like hmm. quick food that you could grab and go. So, okay. and, and it was really cheap. It was cheap to make. Like it was quick. Someone could get it on their lunch break and go. Makes sense. But as people started growing apart and as the ability to travel started growing, Mm -hmm. that's when the idea of a quick lunch started to morph into something that was, you know, uh, like a a mobile cafe almost. Okay, yeah. Um, Because if you think about it, like anybody that had a pair of like a a trailer on wheels Mm -hmm. could put one of these together.
0: Yeah, that I mean it's it's a great way to get food to the masses uh without having to go for full structures and uh and you know crazy foundations and all that fun stuff.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't like uh food safety was really important at the time. Well, I mean, we're talking the, you know, what, 1930s-ish. No, this is thing. still uh, before that. This oh, is so like this is the, still in like
0: the, the, the like 1900s yeah, or like 1920s Yeah, this is like the
1: 19, uh, early 19-odds uh, up to like the 1920s. Okay. This is people basically standing on a street corner shouting. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, just saying, I've got food here. I've got food here. I've got popcorn. Uh, get your smoking hot links. <laughs> and so uh, for a while, people would do this. And then, you know, the thing that actually led to the sort of the diner as we see it today, it really doesn't have anything to do with like, I mean, it has a little bit to do with like, you know, highways and that sort of thing, because those didn't really come till later. It's the car. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that people could drive.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. That meant that people needed a way to actually get food on the go. So instead of you know, getting like fresh fruit or, um, you know, all kinds of like fresh ingredients. um, You know, you could actually just stop at a place and they'd have all that for you. Yeah. So suddenly, like your gas station, instead of having like, you know, maybe like a prepackaged food or like a kitchen Mm -hmm. would could actually have a place like pull up and, you know, start serving food. Um, you know, you didn't just have like a normal like service station. You suddenly had like a larger establishment that people would show up to and hang out. Mm -hmm. You know, the local gas station became a cafe.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, there's still, there's still a lot of gas stations that are like that. Um, there's kind of, There's, well, we could talk about some of those later, but there's one that I usually go to when I'm doing a lot of road tripping and it's kind of got that like whole complex thing going on Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, there's the trucker area where they've got showers and kind of like a movie theater. uh, But then there's like three attached restaurants and then kind of like larger stuff. Sure. There's, there's still a lot of those that have modernized and been created to be better, but uh, you know. I'm, I've actually never heard the history of diners like this. I'm super excited, which is why I haven't been talking because I'm literally just yeah. listening to you as we go through this. So thank you. Continue. You're welcome.
1: So we would. So we went from those kind of boxy, like like roadside stations to, uh, you know, the modern era when mm-hmm. when like people were starting to look at like uh, you know like you, you know like metropolis. Like you would see like mm-hmm. the mod design, like sleek looks, like bullet trains you know things that went fast and the idea that you could actually create uh, essentially materials that just kind of fit together mm-hmm. and that's really when we started to see like the birth of the actual modern diner hmm. that's when um you know you want you started to see companies um like like uh, paramount Uh, diners or uh, Fodero when they started to really Mm kind of make their Mm -hmm. mark. In fact, um, New Jersey is technically the diner capital of the world. That doesn't surprise me. And you want to know why? Yes. A little product called Formica.
0: (laughs) Uh, The bane of countertops, but the one thing that kind of kept everything there.
1: But if you think about it, um, Formica actually meant... That there was uh, an industrial material that could be applied to surfaces Mm -hmm. that people could um, actually—they could clean—that they could clean and keep clean. Mm -hmm. So suddenly, like you're, uh, you know, instead of having like a a porous wood surface, or Mm -hmm. you know, you could actually have a quick turnover. You could have somebody come in for coffee, and and it's not as expensive as stainless steel. It's not expensive, Mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. It was cheap and it was flexible. And it was durable. Mm-hmm. That was really the key part of it is it was durable, which lowered the overhead. And suddenly, like, people that just wanted to open a diner could. You know, if you wanted to just open a restaurant, you know, you could actually start franchising. Mm-hmm. So the 50s rolled around and people were like, you know what? I'm going to open up a diner. I'm going to open up a restaurant.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's actually really weird that Formica f- played that much of a role in how we deal with food to this day.
1: Mm-hmm. It really did. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were going No, I have uh, nothing more to say about Formica
0: <laughs> because every everything else that I have to say about Formica is just like how much everyone complained about it in the like 90s when it's like oh it's Formica it's garbage exactly. I need granite countertops.
1: Yeah. So essentially what what kind of happened from there is uh you had Formica kind of become its this thing. And then people started innovating, trying to create, like, new styles. So, like, dining dynam- manufacturers started creating their own styles of Vermica. You had, like, one one manufacturer would have, like, that diamond cut pattern. Mm-hmm. Another one would have, like, a banana cut pattern. Um, the Federo company actually uh, used uh, something called, like, fluted porcelain, hmm. um, which uh, sort of used, let's see, strips of colored porcelain panels interlaced with stainless steel. Um, that is the... That's sort of that look... That signature look you see, out- that's actually an outside thing. That's nothing to do with the inside thing. Mm-hmm. I was just reading my notes out of order. <laughs> Sorry. But hey, you just got a little bit of a preview <laughs> later on. Uh, no. Uh, so the Federo company was known for creating that kind of signature, like, piping look on the mm-hmm. outside. Mm-hmm. And that's where Hilo Diner comes into play. Oh, nice. But really, um, diners themselves, uh, the, 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 the the like golden era, the golden age for diners was the 50s. Yeah. That's when they were everywhere. That's when people started. You started seeing like dinettes. You started seeing like little box lunches. You started seeing all kinds of stuff, and uh, you started seeing pretty much, you know, a, a revolution in roadside food. So we're at the point where we are today, where we have food trucks, and we have the Hilo Diner, and we have the perfect. Uh, we have the perfect eating experience. So I want to thank you for bearing with my long-winded history of diners. Um, I know we're a little bit over time, but But Yeah, if uh, you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at fans at travelbyproxy.com, or you can go ahead and leave a comment on our Facebook page. The Travel by Proxy theme
0: song is Good Day by Alex, copyright 2012. Our closing music is Now We're Talking by Jairus, copyright 2015. Both are licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license and can be found at dig.ccmixter.org. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. We hope that you enjoyed it, and we wish you a look out your window.
1: Walking with you and your... Moving stones and you're rearranging all the pieces that you find. Now we're talking about things and places, all the names and the faces of the people that you
0: love.